Welcome to FCC 7. In this episode we listen to a hallway conversation between Pascal Ahrens and Jiva Moni. Jiva is an associate partner at Ernst & Young in London, and specializes in consulting for financial services and transformation of financial crime function using innovative technologies. As digital transformation is reaching financial services, APIs became an essential part of the transition from legacy siloed solutions to ecosystems of components, allowing banks to deliver products in an agile way. This was particularly visible when the pandemic forced banks to beef up their digital channels very quickly. Pascal and Jiva also discussed the future of financial crime technology and how financial services now understand why cloud adoption and APIs are critical to their capacity to adapt very quickly to changing conditions, as with the new sanctions programs imposed on Russia. Jiva often says that API stands for Accelerated Path to Innovation, and we'll see how that is true, more than ever. So Jiva, when we speak about APIs, you often refer to them as Accelerated Paths to Innovation, which is a great title, by the way. And we see you know, that APIs are actually a big part of the digital transformation that finally reached uh, financial services. So what are the important elements there? Thanks for attributing that explanation to me. I would say it's definitely an accelerated path, but not a shortcut. There are a few key trends which are helping. One I see is around the standardization of how data is being exchanged and be it through you know, open banking standards, ISO 20022, and all this is enabling new services such as instant payments, you know, buy now, pay later, digital lending, and many such offerings which are helping our customers to access new kinds of products and services. This standardization then allows innovative players to build very sophisticated analytical and data products. And these need years of R&D and sustained investments and cannot be built by in-house teams you know, who are trying to bring together basic machine learning models. In most cases, you get it right you know, second or third time. So bespoke build, as we know, is quite risky. So that's where you use APIs in order to externalize a part which is quite specialized that you don't want to do yourself. So you just bring that component in your own solution. 100%, right? So, I mean, you have built multiple screening engines. You're not trying to create a new legacy, but you're trying to solve all the problems, but fitting into the cloud world and cloud native world. And it's quite hard for in-house teams to replicate that level of you know, experience. So this acceleration is due to the mutualization of building it once and then deploying it across your reference architecture in a bank. So for example, on you know, financial crime and risk decisioning, you can use it in your FinCrime stack, but also during customer onboarding or real-time payments. And this cost mutualization further gets expanded and more exploited when you deploy it across multiple financial institutions, in some cases, even outside of the uh, you know, FS industry. So this is where I see APIs actually helping in the acceleration of digital transformation in FIs, but also outside of financial services. If that was the trend in terms of APIs, what are then the corresponding trends in FinCrime and, and screening more particularly? Yeah, I mean, we are in a fascinating uh, space within financial crime, KYC, transaction monitoring and, and screening. Uh, we, we did a global survey in Ernst & Young, uh, and maybe it's worth highlighting some of the key issues and thematics we picked up. What we saw was the current stack is hurting on efficiency and customer experience. So you're creating too many false positives, which means that each false positive is a failed real-time customer experience. 
Scalability and throughput is still an issue. Real-time well has to be real-time. You cannot ask a new customer to wait for three days to take upon a new product. Real-time makes it even more important to have 100% effectiveness, right? There is no second chance. And finally, compliance processes have to be cost-efficient without compromising on effectiveness. And still we see very lengthy alert handling times with lots of manual handoff and in most cases, large teams of people actually doing laborious manual tasks in a repetitive fashion. And of course, the, all these issues are kind of interrelated because the, the lack of efficiency then results in, in additional cost and things like that. Absolutely, right? I mean, I think they're all part of the same story. You either calibrate your engine for effectiveness or efficiency and you compromise on one of them. But these limitations of the financial crime stack is actually hurting business growth. You're not able to cope with new types of risks which are evolving. So, for example, ESG and ESG-related crime which is coming in. You have to match against different kinds of data sets. In fact, one fintech I'm working with is unable to expand and scale globally due to the limitations of their fraud and financial crime stack. So it's not just a problem which large institutions face. Even the modern digital banks and fintechs are facing the same challenges. I believe that a new approach would turn these challenges and make it a competitive advantage if they do it correctly. And this is where machine learning, AI, APIs, cloud, and sophisticated usage of cloud comes in play, I feel. I agree with you on the fact that architecture nowadays can hurt business, actually. What I feel has changed is that compliance used to be like a necessary pain, but it was not really hurting product delivery. No, what happens is that because product delivery has moved to digital, has moved to real time, we see the moment where it becomes a real bottleneck in terms of uh, delivering products to the, to the clients. How will the usage of APIs then change the, the playing field? Yes, so already this space is getting disrupted. If you look at the first generation of detection platforms within financial crime, they were all vertically integrated. Each layer was suboptimal, be the data layer, the detection layer, the workflow, the analytics layer. And overall, it worked end to end. But did we have the best detection platform is still questionable. This meant that financial institutions brought best of the breed solutions right, for name screening, for payment screening, for fraud detection, for transaction monitoring, for customer due diligence and so on. And this created silos within organizations. And this is not helpful from a risk perspective, but also from a customer experience perspective. And the trend we are seeing today is one of convergence, one of holistic risk management, and using technologies such as cloud, API, AI truly at the heart of detection, not using AI as an add-on. Convergence between silos is happening due to the decomposition of these vertically integrated platforms where the detection engine does what it is supposed to do and does it in the best possible way. So it, so it is the, the great unbundling then? Absolutely, it's the great unbundling. And, and, and when we deprecate and unbundle, we push the aspects which need to go into the data fabric that goes into the data layer. We push the aspects that need to go into the workflow and orchestration layer doesn't sit within the detection platform anymore. APIs which are built using cloud native technologies can scale linearly and make it possible for processing several million customers or several billions of transactions. This kind of fast throughput allows to support real-time requirements and instantly onboarding customers and so on. 
the other aspect I also see is, uh, uh, Pascal, we have seen financial crime programs which used to take 24 months, 36 months to get to production. But with all the tools and options we have in front of us today, compliance and risk executives and technology executives today are in a very fortunate place. They can build a full stack cloud-based fin crime platform in, say, three to six months for any type of institution without compromising on any of the issues we have discussed so far. When I read the CEO letter from uh, Jimmy Diamond last year, basically what they said is, oh, I know actually get what cloud is. It's not just, you know, running on someone else's computer. It is all, all about scalability, about cost, about the capability to run these systems with a level of scalability that's simply not possible internally. This year, a report of JP Morgan, he said famously that he was going to spend 12 billion acquiring mainly technology. Yes. So this is where technologists such as you, me, who operate in the ecosystem, um, I think we have the responsibility of explaining the true genuine benefits of cloud and what it offers to the risk executives. Right. So, for example, in the current legacy platforms, we never match 100% of data that's available on the customer or transaction side. We always cut corners because we wanted to optimize the batch processing time. We don't match all the customers even in some cases, right? So institutions categorize customers based on high, medium, and low risk and match different categories based on different risk appetite and different frequencies. But cloud offers this kind of 100% matching against 100% of everything across the entire set of customer base and 100% of the time as well. So this benefit should should translate into uplifting our risk effectiveness to levels we have not seen before. And, and, and this is possible only when you use cloud in a native fashion and not just you know deploy things on the cloud and move your current financial crime platforms and detection engines on the cloud just to get a tick in a box. <laughs> That's totally right, yeah. Then if we project ourselves in, in the future, how will things evolve? And as you say, what will eventually distinguish the innovative players that are, you know, native in these API and cloud technology from the ones that are replicating legacy solutions with just a new delivery mechanism? I think that the, the way financial crime, the, the entire target model and business architecture looks, we look very different from uh, how it is today. We will not have as many people in the operations team. We will have straight through processing. And this can be achieved by genuinely building your stack for the cloud world. Additionally, building for future, assuming change is important as well. So asking questions like, can your FinCrime controls and technology platform manage current risk, but also handle evolving and future ones. And one example is around the emergence of ESG risks and how banks can repurpose their financial crime controls and technologies to manage ESG-related matching, monitoring, and risk assessment. And what we are finding is that the sophistication of data, the depth of information, the type of customers is very different from what financial crime engines have been exposed to, and it is very hard to use them. Now we have an opportunity when we design the next generation of platforms to not just solve the problem which has been given to us, but architect in such a way that they can cope with such new things which are going to be hitting us. And it's, it's very true that all reference data that was used for these financial crime platforms was 
lists. And still today, I mean, a lot of people refer to reference data as just lists. And you really see that this has changed and reference data have become actual databases as a financial crime solution and particularly as a screening solution. You are expected to exploit all possible data points in these databases and not just consider them as a list of names. Absolutely, absolutely. We can't compromise on the risk effectiveness. I think uh, we need to be super cautious about the efficiency of these solutions. But what's going to define the winners is going to be how customer-centric are these institutions. The exam question I always ask my technology friends in the financial crime world is, can your financial crime control work in the metaverse? I know that this is a little bit provocative question, but can you think about what will happen in five years' time? The ecosystem, the platform, the tech landscape is dramatically changing. So are you architecting for today or are you architecting for the, the challenges which will get thrown at you from five years from now? It's no longer a cost issue or an effectiveness issue. It's much more fundamental. It's, it's about your customer experience and the growth and expansion of your organization. Thank you very much, Shiva, for, uh, for all, all these insights. Uh, it was really great talking to you.